Welcome affiliated listeners. We are so happy to have you back. And honestly, I just want to say it's really nice to be back in the studio with just Thomas and I talking and hashing. You know, we've, <laughs> we've had a lot of interviews lately. We're so old stuff. We're bringing other people. Yeah. I know. We just, yeah. we just have a chance to talk. And today we are going to be talking about a critical part to any affiliate offer that sometimes is surprisingly missed or executed in amazingly bad fashion, which is <laughs> upsell flows. And not just upsells, yeah. but downsells. Really, we're just going to say what happens after they buy. We really want to discuss that today and specifically discuss the mistakes that people commonly make and the things that we're seeing that make upsell flows work really, really well. So if you are interested in increasing your average order value and just making more money, you should definitely listen to the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes as we discuss the, the secrets that we've seen um, to making a good upsell flow. That's good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I wish I had a better transition in there. I feel like if music played in, that would be Ding. really nice. So, so make that happen. <laughs> I love when I could project myself as like a tyrant in like pocket, you know, like a Martha Stewart off off um, recording. I can't talk, um, which I am not. So anyway, let, let's jump into it. And first, I think the most important thing we want to talk about before we get into actual tactics is why or what's the goal? And I actually want to put that. What is the goal of having upsells on an offer, which I'm going to send to you, Thomas, and your beautiful, eloquent words. What is the goal? Why do I have upsells or downsells or any of that stuff? Yeah. So the ultimate goal of having upsells is just to have the highest AOV you can get, average order value of initial customers coming through and buying your product, right? Because if they're only buying, let's say, a $37 ebook on the front end, and they're not buying anything else with how ad costs and how commissions and how competitive the landscape is now, you're going to really struggle to win traffic at a profitable rate. But now if you have an upsell that they're getting presented to immediately after they purchase, which they can add onto their order and just kind of buy right there. Let's say your average order value is now 45, 50, $60, right? Now you can spend X percent more on your front end to actually acquire the customer. And that could be Facebook ads that you're paying, it could be affiliates you're paying commission to, all these different things. You just get now have been able to scale at a much higher rate because you can afford to pay more to acquire a customer, which makes you just much more competitive. Yes, for sure. That's, so you gotta, was, the more you can pay, one, the more you can play. There's a weird, there's a weird other benefit of having upsells too, which is kind of niche for our conversation and our audience, which is if you don't have upsells, affiliates don't take your offer seriously. And it's weird because like, let's say it's a $100 offer, it could still outperform a $37 offer with upsells, but if you don't have them, they're just gonna look at it and go, oh, this isn't, you don't know what you're doing, this isn't finished, it's not gonna, it's not gonna perform well because it doesn't have upsells. Because it almost becomes this thing like you have to have just to almost like show that you have a full offer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna put one other why, and this is gonna, we're gonna flip around from all the business reasons to the consumer yeah. reason, which is, you're actually doing a disservice to a consumer by not offering them How upsell. How dare you? I know. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but I, the big not reason totally. here is yeah. is you bought a product. And who has ever bought a product and feel like, that? my shopping is done. <laughs> I'd never like to buy anything else ever again. No, most people buy something. You've described and, me shopping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and no, Russell, Russell Brunson yeah. always describes the hyperactive buyer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you go out there and... And you see this in like golf bro shops all the time. You've had your first taste of golf and now <laughs> you were terrible at it, but you think if you buy all the equipment at the pro shop, you'll be good. And so you want all the things. If somebody only offered you a better club, single club, you're gonna leave a dissatisfied buyer. You were not 
met in the way that you wanted. I wanted to be made whole by my purchases. I really wanted to delve in to the full program and you gave me just a little bit, right? So no one wants, to, it's like going to, top, going to tapas when you wanted a buffet, right? I'm just not gonna be satiated in the way that I want. And so as a, from a consumer perspective, you wanna offer the upsells to actually increase customer satisfaction yeah. if you're doing it right. You're gonna give them more, more satisfaction, more ability to be successful in whatever Help them going solve their problem faster, easier. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in turn also creating a more dedicated buyer, which yeah. even if they're not going, then not only will they buy more right there, they'll buy more from you in the future because you can actually meet those needs. So all that being said, like, this is just to say upsells and downsells are very important. And I would tell you, if you're like, wow, this is new information to you, and you're like, I never even thought about it. I don't have an upsell or downsell. We're gonna give you some things to avoid and some tactics to join in them. But I would also, there's some other podcasts we have in the past and just other content in there that you might wanna delve into because we're not gonna go into like the specifics of how to write an upsell and so on and so forth. But we will talk about some of the tactics that are gonna make you helpful, but it's probably not gonna be we need to have an upsell here because it's not going to make you full if you need to write one for the first time. So, um, but with that being said, I think the biggest thing we need to talk about first off are what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see and that we see um, often when it comes to upsells and downsells. So we'll have you start off first. What's some of the big yeah. problems that people really mix up and make? One of the, one of the biggest problems I see people make is over-assuming and not really thinking through what that first upsell should be. Right, and really putting, just kind of slapping something in there because like, oh, I need an upsell to increase AOV. Let me just put this thing in there. And it doesn't really fit with what that first product is, um, or it's just a weird mismatch. Maybe it's too high priced, maybe it's too low priced. Maybe it's just a wrong type of product. And they're not really thinking through what is gonna help my customer get their result better or faster from this first product they took, right? And really yeah. thinking through that process. I think Perry Belcher describes it really well, right? It's like, you've sold someone a shovel because they want to go mine gold. How about you sell them a map on how to get there? Or you sell them a, you know, someone to guide them to where all the gold is being found, right? Or you sell them a sluice, right? What's going to help them get that gold faster is that's a great first upsell step. But so that's that's the biggest mistake I see is people are just like, I need something. And they just kind of, oh, I have this other product I've sold over here before. So I'll just put it in there and hope it does well. Yeah. Well, I think you hit a lot of different things that will go in more with mm -hmm. best practices because you're totally right. The mismatch first product is the thing that's I see all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of different mismatches to go. It could be a product mismatch. It could be a marketing mismatch in terms of the way that you're messaging it. It could also be a price mismatch. And that price mismatch is sometimes, hey, I bought a $7 book. Here's a $200 course with the first upsell. <laughs> Those could be potentially incredibly different buyers. So you might really struggle with that. I think one thing to also just throw out there, in general, what we tend to see with the first upsell, um, anywhere between 20 to 30% on a take rate, meaning that of all the buyers that said yes to your first product, you should expect 20 to 30% of those buyers to say yes to your first upsell. Yeah. Like I would say at a minimum, obviously you want more, but you really want to be in that 20 to 30% range most time. If you're not there right now, you probably need to be optimized. Well, on the flip side too, people are like, oh my gosh, I have a 60% take rate on my first upsell. I was like, you should increase the price on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, because you could probably- oh, too <laughs> Yeah, no, but you should, you could probably increase the price X percent. Yeah, you'll have a lower take rate, but your revenue per customer is probably gonna go way up. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I would tell you, you could double that and you probably would not get a 50% reduction in your take rate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but you know, you're, you're totally right. Uh, unless 
that's like a free trial for a membership, but we won't get into sure, that. Yeah, that's all of, very too specific. Tan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but these are, so these are general terms, but yeah, th those are definitely big mistakes. I know one of the other mistakes um, that, that we both seen, we talked a little bit about is the idea that it's called an upsell flow, not an upsell random conglomeration of various sales pages that all come from the same marketer and people might take And really that's cohesion amongst the upsell flow. It should feel the exact same way from the landing page to the thank you page. I shouldn't have some stark change where all of a sudden there's, I, I've literally seen upsell pages with completely different heroes. So we went from <laughs> one hero and all of a sudden there's yeah. a new spokesperson that was never even introduced and just exists People on People aren't page. sure where they are now, right? Yeah, yeah, and so now I'm like, well, what's going on? I'm gonna click out of this. Um, those are all definitely big problems that could create a confusion, it could create distrust. And the thing to remember too, is when buyers first purchase, they are at their peak, not only to buy more, but also to regret everything they just did. They're in a very vulnerable <laughs> yeah. state. And so if you send them this confusion, like crappy looking up self flow, it doesn't make any sense. They're instantly thinking about the purchase they did make. I don't think that was a good purchase. So now your refunds, yeah. your chargebacks. Your day zero refund rates are gonna be way up. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna go way, way, way up. Um, and even if your front end page is great, it's just because the general flow or structure of your upsell flow could create that problem. Yeah, I'll do a little shameless plug. I actually made a quality control checklist, not for like a tech standpoint, although that's part of it, but just a big piece of it is have people go through your whole funnel, right? Give them a credit card, give them a test credit card if you're on ClickBank, right? Whatever it is. Like people that have never seen the offer before, give it to your mom, right? Whatever it is, have them go through it and just tell, like have them do like a loom recording and just have them talk through what they're thinking, right? Cause you're gonna find that you probably looked at it on a page by page by page by page level and you've been optimizing this page versus this one and people chase conversion so much that now the funnel is actually so confusing that people don't know what they're buying anymore. Mm -hmm. And like I've seen, I've done like quality control uh, or like a analysis of like why chargeback rates are high or free fund rates are high. And you start looking at the data and it's like, man, first upsell and second down and first downsell are eating up like 50% of the refunds. Right. And it's, you know, then you go look at it on like a, just how does this appear as a customer? And it's very confusing what the customer's buying, right? They think they're buying six more bottles or, or 18 bottles total, but really they just bought 12 more, right? And it's, like it's how people are bundling or something can just come across in a way that you don't expect. Yeah. So I'll shoot a link. I'll give you know the uh, Jake a link and see if we put it in the show notes or something on how you can kind of go through that process and kind of make sure that's not losing sight of the customer in that testing environment. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that is a that is a very very smart just strategy. And even if you if you don't want to do the loom or someone's a friend, um the other kind of in-person thing depending on what your covid situation is and where you live, but going to like a coffee shop or a place where your demographic would live and offering some hey, I'll I'll buy your cup of coffee if you just go through this for me. <laughs> yeah. I just I just want you to look at it and tell me what you feel. Right. And you don't have to watch like a whole video, but just like have them look through the pages. What are their general thoughts? Because I think the next big mistake I see in upsells just to build off that is people use confusion tactics to think that they're increasing conversions and all they're doing is increasing confusion. And then they create those quality problems like yeah. you might one that I'm not a big fan of this is doing double CTAs. Sometimes um, I've seen this create a ton of quality problems where you have. Um, you'll have a buy link. And then what looks like a decline link below is actually just another buy link. Right. So people are, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are skimming and you're like, yeah. oh great, I'm getting more sales. And yeah, some people will begrudgingly not return the purchase. 
that is not a good customer experience. You're just waiting for well, some, a bunch of people yeah. to charge back, never buy from again. Now your list quality is worse because they don't trust anything that comes from you. So those types of it's things. Pretty skeezy and yeah, basically fraud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like it's just yeah. one of those things that you're, you're creating those types of little tricks. You think, ooh, yeah, my take rates are good. They end up creating such long-term problems, especially if your front-end um, volume starts to decrease and those warts become very obvious. Yeah. Um, and they're so hard to fix. Once it gets going, it's really hard to unwind those types of problems. So stray away, especially in your upsell flows, which with some of those little, I don't want to say hacks, but just cheap tricks. Cheap tricks are a great way to to ruin your quality and destroy a lot. Yeah, the things. offer should be good enough to sell itself yeah. versus trying to like confuse someone into buying something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So now uh, from that, from all the things to not do, and, and listen, <laughs> can you think of any other big ones? Um, I, I would say, I guess the one thing is just not being thoughtful about, we'll, we'll go into some of the things because we already kind of addressed this high low. We'll go into like, what is the right product? How mm -hmm. should you structure price? We'll do that in a second, but are there any just big don'ts that, that stand out to you? Mm, I think we hit the big ones. I think some of the other ones that are more niche, right, would just be if you absolutely don't have any products to put into an upsell flow and don't have the resources to build one, right? You can use things like JV upsell contracts on ClickBank to have other people's products in your upsell flow, which gives, you know, now the money's getting split three ways when it flows through there, right? The customer buys it. You're going to get a potentially percentage. The original offer owner who has that product is going to get a percentage and the email list. So there's double benefit there. Um, and then the affiliate should be getting paid on that too. So I think the biggest mistake I see when people do that is not thinking about how do we get the affiliate as much money as we can on this? Cause they're the one that can drive more sales through this and get everyone more customers and like, Oh, we'll just split this 50 50 between the product owners and myself. And the affiliate doesn't get that upsell take anymore. So I'd be really making sure that if you are doing JV upsells to flesh out your upsell flow, um, to make sure you're thinking about how much can the affiliate get. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great question. Kind of two things there. I think first, don't feel like you have to go create a bunch of new products, just get upsells. If yeah. you've created one, that's like all that you feel like you could do. That's great. There's tons of offers yeah. on our platform. No, there's there's some work brands that don't even have an initial offer on yeah. ClickBank. They don't even have an offer on ClickBank. They just have products loaded in ClickBank mm -hmm. just to cut JV upsell deals. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, I have a, a client with a, a green juice, American, mm -hmm. you know, American grown green uh, superfoods. Sorry, I should know it, but I stumbled <laughs> on it. But American grown superfoods. And that's what they do is yeah. they, plug in a great sales page that's optimized with a great product and boom, you now have a high ticket upsell to increase your AOV with the idea. And I think the second part of this, the idea really should be to get more money back to the affiliates. Yeah. Um, well, which again, just to clarify what that means is you're getting more revenue to, you're getting more uh, cost acquired customer. Excuse me, I'm yep. not saying that right, but right. Your ability to spend more is basically mm -hmm. increasing there versus just trying to build profit. Yeah. And we said before, the more you could pay, the more you could play. Yeah. So you need to be able to make more money on a day one. Yeah. What, and this is just another side note is like a, a big reason why upsells are really um, important. And also when you're constructing an upsell is it's not just increase your LTV, it's to increase your day one AOV. Yeah. You want how much you get on that initial purchase. Because ideally, yeah, ideally you're break even or making a little bit of profit on that first time you're acquiring a customer, right? And then, because mm -hmm. that means you're maximizing your spend to get that customer yeah. and, and scaling as big as you can. Yeah. And yeah. the bulk of affiliates care way more about their day one. Yeah. Like day one is what is yeah. going to be the, the primary evaluation. So if you're like, well, I have a great subscription offer, like that's not that attractive 
to most affiliates unless it's been proven over time, right? And then then that could build on itself, but it's a much harder sell on a subscription. Boy, if I have a subscription and then I get some really good upsells, so my day one's good, and you have a subscription, now you're really playing with fire. Right, like you look at like the free trial offers, right, that I've seen do really well, which trial offers you think would stand up on their recurring subscription on the trial, on the rebuild there. But most of the scaled ones we've seen, I would say, have really good bundling to either get people to take more than just the free product on the front end or upsells immediately, which get that AOV from free plus shipping to like a $20, $30 mm-hmm. average order value yeah. that the affiliate is getting paid on or that you're taking from your ad spend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the best examples is a Trump coin. Yeah. If you want yeah. to see a really well done upsell flow, um, uh, the Trump coin offer on ClickBank is a fantastic example and is of it that. Patriot Wholesale Club, I think has some. Yeah, yeah, I think they have some too with like some knives. And they're another one. Really, Mm -hmm. the gadget space has done that really, really well um, to where they would make no money if they just had their initial offers. If you're just doing free plus shipping, you know, Trump coins, you just couldn't scale that in the same way. People might think, oh, it converts so well. It doesn't matter how well it converts if it's only bringing in five bucks, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and it's funny enough, you know, one of the best, some of the top converting offers out there are in the as seen on TV space, but you know what they don't have? A good AOV. Yeah. You know, they have to make, they have to sell so much product to make so much money. And most of their money comes in when they put them in retail and they jack up the prices. Mm -hmm. So it's like brand awareness campaign through like really, really low ticket purchases to then, you know, have some backend strategy. That is not most online entrepreneurs, not the affiliate space. So anyway, let, let's go into the tactics. And the first one I really want to talk to or talk about is product selection. I think it almost matters the most when it comes to structuring your upsell yeah. flow is you just have a right concept of what that flow should look like from a product standpoint. So, um, you know, we're, just share with us kind of some of the strategies that you know of when it comes to upsell product selection. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to classify what type of product you have on the front end here because that really drives what the best quote unquote product is going to be in your upsell. And obviously, mileage varies. Things, you know, golden rules of thumb don't always apply to you. So you should always test, right? So we'll just get that out of the way. But the time and time again, I hear and I see it proven is that the best thing to sell somebody is more of what they just bought, right? Especially if they're buying a physical good or a consumable good, like a supplement or something like that, right? If they bought a weight loss pill, sell them more weight loss pills as the first upsell step. Going like looking back at mistakes I see people make, they think, oh, they bought a turmeric, we should sell them this other type of supplement, which helps with this other pain point that they probably have, right? But they're looking to solve that pain point they just bought. And now is a great time to give them more of an even better deal on more of that product, right? If they bought three bottles, sell them three more for a six month supply at even further reduction of cost per bottle, right? So it's a great time to kind of introduce and to sell them more of what they just got. A hundred percent. And I could tell you from personal experience, it's so hard to beat more of the same. I yeah. tried, I yeah. tried beating it. Logically, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it yeah. didn't logically make yeah. sense until I thought about how often it already occurs in society. Oh, 100%. And we misdefine buyers all the time. I think we like to define buyers' behavior by the smallest percentage of our buying audience. <laughs> um, like for example, people push subscriptions a lot, but on supplements, like, oh yeah, then we could get recurring revenue and everyone wants you know, these supplements just to show up. You know, every, no, no, they don't actually. Supplement buyers are impulse buyers and impulse buyers want the best deal in the largest volume. And then they never want to buy again until they see some other impulse buy that they could buy way too much of, yeah. right? So I, I always bring up Costco when everyone talks about, well, why more of the same? It's like people will buy an obscene quantity 
of some item they've never used before yeah. and they pay a membership to have access to that right to do so, right? So yet we know that's a proof of model, no one question it, but it happens. And then we go over to here and we're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would anyone do it? Yeah, right? it? Maybe it doesn't, but we obviously do it all the time. And it's because what we're really buying is a great deal. Um, and if we're really motivated to what it's going to do and we connect with that, we want more of that item at the best price we possibly can. So more of the same, constantly interrupts it. I will tell you in more of the same to do that well, you'll actually preface that on the sales page. So you need to start talking about how well, you mm -hmm. don't want to be without it. There's supply issues, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then you're going to build up that some of that scarcity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you reiterate that on the next page. Um, and then Get again, now, right? explain yeah. in more depth why they need to buy more and then also the benefits to doing so. Yeah. But but yeah, that that is does, uh, a great yeah. and I, you just can't beat it. Um, and that's not to say that complementary products don't live in your upsell flow, but they live later. They right? should. Yes, yeah. they should live later because they will always convert less. Um, if you're complimentary versus living in the same realm, but not all products, you could do more of the same, which is okay. Cause there's other strategies in there, but you're going to ask a question real fast. Well, just, I want to riff on that too. Cause I think what I just, what we just highlighted is, oh, I don't have any other products to put in my upsell flow. Yes, you do. Right. If you have one product, you probably have more, yes. right? So yes, you just do that more. I think where this breaks down a little bit and what I want your thoughts on is info products, right? Mm -hmm. I, I brought this program. It's going to help me lose weight, get more flexible, solve whatever pain point I have, right? It's an info product. How do I sell more of that in the first upsell or is there better things to put in that first upsell? Yeah. So um, two things on that. There's two different strategies. One, and I would tell you for info products, I, probably the most successful upsell actually isn't more of the same. Mm -hmm. It's done for you. Yeah. So if it's something where I'm buying a, okay, so I'm going to buy a, a weight loss diet program. So it's going to have all these recipes. Da, 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 da. Great. That's awesome. Well, what is my first upsell was, what if we just sent you pre-made meals? Well, hell yeah. That's way better than <laughs> yeah. that. If you just send me, boom, right there, it's done for me. I don't have to do the work. You see this a lot too in the biz op space or I am space. I'm going to teach you a course. And then, oh, by the way, here's all the things you actually need so you don't have to build them yourself. Here's pre-made websites. Here's, you know, the, this filled out section. I remember um, there's one guy that's talking to, um, he had a course that taught um men how to get out of uh, child support payments. I'm not saying I condone the nature of the course, <laughs> but his, we were talking about upsell creation. He said, well, I do have the ability to sell people like all the legal forms that they need to go through the course and program. I was like, that's a perfect upsell. Because yeah. more of the same probably isn't going to work for him. He doesn't need to give you more information. He probably charge a premium to have someone go do that for them. Exactly. And with them. Like, yeah. Now it's like, hey, how about I, you pay a lot of money and we're going to give you all the forms. So you just have to fill in lines, yeah. right? It's going to make your job even easier. Here's info. Here's done for you. So done for you is a great solution. If you don't have it, the other thing to do is oftentimes people are selling actually a higher ticket course right on the front end. And I say, stop, shouldn't mm -hmm. do that. What you should do is take that course. What's the best and most attractive part to the pain points of your audience. In fact, I would break out a couple into this course. So this is really a, a nice kind of spider approach to this. And now you're selling a snippet of a course. So it technically is more of the same, mm -hmm. but it's the complete more of the same. I've given you one step. Would you like all of the steps? So that's another effective kind of more of the same if you're in a digital info well, space. I like, think uh, that interview you did with Carrie and LaShawn, right? Mm -hmm. With, of course, which you should, all should go check out that podcast too, right? Most people's courses are way too long, Yeah, right? There's way too much content. It's almost like a disservice to the customer because they're never going to get through it all. But you think, oh my gosh, they got 40 hours of content. It's like, <sighs> that's a yeah. burden to go yeah. through that much content. I'm going to go to someone that has 20 hours of content yeah. <laughs> or, and I'll one. even pay more. Yeah. Or, and yeah. One, oh my gosh. One would get me like, I'd be yeah. 
throwing money like I'm right. at a strip yeah. club. Or less, right? You so know? it's like, how can you get someone to solve that immediate pain point? Exactly. And then you've got all these other things you can be upselling or adding as bundles or value stacking to mm -hmm. make that first offer so good, right? So yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so in, in reality though, I'd tell you it's more the same or done for you or mm -hmm. the top one spot upsells. And then, and then from there, the other one that's really, we haven't talked about that's really, really key is how to accelerate. So I think if you're yeah. gonna transition away from done for you, um, which is a bit of an accelerant, but if you're gonna do done for you, uh, more of the same, if neither of those work. Well, there might be more overhead for you, the entrepreneur who's going, I don't know how I can do a done for you right yeah, now, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you don't have more of the same, then the next thing to do is come up with a product that accelerates. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd also tell you, if you already have these two, you have done for you, or uh, more of the same, the next thing should be to accelerate yeah. if you can. And, and so that's just gonna be something that's like, hey, we said we're gonna do this great and it's gonna take you four weeks. This on average, adding this product takes that four weeks to two. Yeah. And so again, we just talked about people pay for the convenience of time. So boom, um, that, that should be that next step is to accelerate. And then you could go into complement. And that's where you get lower takes, but start building products in there that's like, you know, the next problem we see, like 90% of our users found that they had this problem or blah, blah, blah. And so this is how we're going to address it. You're future casting a problem they're not aware of yet. Um, I actually did a thing with the offer owner that had the, had a back pain offer. And the one the big he was just mentioning, because he's like, I don't know what to do for my upsells. He's like, you know, one thing that's really interesting, I find a lot of people go through my back pain program and they start saying they have all these pain areas that they didn't have before. And it's cool because I have programs that sure. fix all those. Yeah. And I was like, there's your upsell, man. Yeah. It's just right there. Right? I was chatting with a guy. Uh, he's actually, you might watch this later, but um, yeah, he built out this whole pain kind of course digital product. And he had, it was like, it fixes your back, your neck, your ankle, right? Everything. I was like, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Back's probably the best. Pick back, right? Yeah. And then you've got all these other things you can order, bump, or upsell, mm -hmm. right? As additional things. Yeah. But like, then you're just targeting one pain point. And the other piece too, is like, that's where if you've got a digital course or a digital product that's teaching, let's say, lose weight or get more flexible or something that's like that, a supplement can be a way to accelerate, mm -hmm. right? And get results faster or better and all that kind of stuff. So you can layer in supplements and physical good sales now into your upsell flow for your digital or info products, if it makes sense for your niche. And now you're also getting someone a physical good to hold on their info product, which is huge because that really lowers refund mm -hmm. rates across the board if they're actually getting something tangible. Yeah. yeah. And you could reverse that too if you're selling a supplement on the front end. And then you have like a course that could accelerate the efficacy of the mm -hmm. supplement too, right? Yeah. Hey, you're gonna take the supplement. We're actually giving you diet guides. Or hey, this is a guide to, if, you're, if it's joint pain supplement, Here's a guide to increase flexibility, which is going to get you to the results you want even faster. Yeah. Right. So you can always do that. So accelerate's a fantastic one, and then like it's a complementary, which would would be the next. I, I think your final option, right? And last thing I'll say is like minimum of three. You could go more. I think more is better if you have downsells, um, which we'll jump into and probably should jump into because we're already making this run pretty long. Yeah. So um, one quick thing I also wanted to mention is we discussed um, price, right? So we mm -hmm. kind of discussed order um, and we'll, we'll do a quick highlight order. But for price, the big thing I'd tell you on price is just don't make your jump too fast. And I, I find that it is better to ascend prices than it is to start like really high oh, and really? kind of okay. yeah. you know, trickle down. Um, and I think just lots of times it's just, 
if it's too much money and it's too much of a vast difference, um, you just get a sticker shock. And the problem with that sticker shock, and you could potentially use this if you're doing a downsell as like a tactic, right? To almost waste your first upsell flow to get people to go. I've seen it like an anchor uh, point, right? Yep. Where it's like, you can get this for X. I'm like, whoa, it's like, no. <laughs> the next yeah. one's like, okay, hey, I understand that might be a big investment. What about this? And we're gonna take away the this piece of it, but now mm -hmm. it's only, now it's 80% cut, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> but I would tell you, so yeah. that's a downsell tactic, mm -hmm. but from an upsell standpoint, I think ideally you don't wanna be too high yeah. um, if you have a large variance. And you know, I, I'm a fan of ascending, but you don't always have to do that. And that's not to say that it works better. I just think in general, if I'm a hyperactive buyer, I'm just gonna keep spending more. Um, but there is something to be said about, I spent a lot and now it's like, well, why not just throw a little bit extra? So all depends. I just say, if those variances are too wide, it creates big problems. I've seen so yeah, many upsell flows. Yeah. And, and honestly, in either way. And sometimes right? too, it's like, it might, I, I think too, if you're going too high of a price, it probably should be a phone sale close. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's, it's giving me that substantial, but even if it's something like, I just sold somebody a $20, $17 product, yeah. and then I jumped to $150 first upsell, that's way too large. Way too large of a jump, in my opinion. And I don't see those take very high, unless you're doing a down sell strategy, which we could talk about here in a second. So I would just be cognizant of those large price jumps. And if you're doing it, it could be a problem. It could not be a problem. Obviously test and optimize um, or understand if you're doing that, do you know why you're doing it? Do you have a plan in place to why you would create such a large price variance? Yeah, because it's, I mean, because you see both, right? As I think if you go through like, for example, the free plus shipping click funnels offers mm -hmm. and things like that for like the Wow, I'm blanking their book now. One, uh, <laughs> um, but if you go through like their book offers, I think Dean Grezio is a similar one because Russell probably built it with them and stuff. But like, it's almost like free plus shipping book, seven dollars shipping and things like that. Then it's like a two hundred dollar to get all their courses and things like mm -hmm. that. And then they start downselling from there. It's almost yeah. like they anchor high with that immediate upsell and probably it's a good offer so people I'm sure take it somewhat, but then they downsell from there with by yeah. takeaways. Yeah. And, and that that's why I say that transition is really nice so that you can make that work mm -hmm. if you're doing kind of an upsell downsell strategy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and kind of going on to that, I think one of the, the best downsell strategies I've seen is actually Jordan Hall talked about doing this in, in his upsells, which is that idea that you do a higher ticket. Um, and then if they say no, you don't really need to change much in your copy. When you start doing down sales, actually the first thing he does is just adds more bonuses. Yeah. So same price point with more stuff. Oh, sure, he doesn't have to take away, just adds yeah, more. Yeah, it just yeah. adds yeah. more like stuff that. and he highlights this. And then the next one is, he'll do three down sales, but then it's the next one's lower the price and then add more bonuses. And the final one's like the stupid offer because I'm gonna lower the price one more time and you're adding more bonuses. His bonuses are all digital um, content, which is easy to, you know, create, spin up, so on and so forth. But it's this continued value stack as you go down. Yeah. I would, if, if you haven't read it yet, I'd read uh, Alex Ramosi's $100 million offer book, right? And he really goes into just making offers and he talks about upsells and downsells and just you want to make it so good that people feel stupid saying no to it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And a way to do that too, especially if it's it's regressive, it's progressive like that. Yeah. We already started at a point you're like, oh, that's just too much, and now it's like, well, it is too much. But guess what? I'm going to give you even more now. Yeah. Oh well, I'm going to make it less, but I'm going to give you even more still. You just keep over delivering. Where somebody at that point, they're like, I started with a more expensive, less good offer, and look where I've gotten to. And it sounds dumb, but that also makes people feel like they win. 
um, in a negotiation standpoint, even though ultimately you're probably winning because they say yes. Um, so so that's where I think you could do larger price point and then work your way down because you have a down yeah. sell approach. When it's a failure is when you just have a large price point and you don't do anything. <laughs> right, right. Um, isn't this working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but but that's that's definitely a really effective strategy in down sells. Um, I think one thing with a down sell too that's important though when you're doing that strategy is don't discount it too much too fast. A lot of people just do a down sell. They're just, oh, I'm just going to cut the price in half. Um, but you could discredit and basically, I, I don't know, really devalue your product if you escalate it or slash the prices or downsell too hard too fast. Um, and so people would take it, but you're going to get less qualified buyers for whoever take that upsell. Um, and it just kind of devalues everything you're doing. So you got to be careful not to over downsell. Um, but I also think it, it's, it's important to have a downsell exist. A lot of people don't even do them. And I think that's oftentimes a real big miss, especially with your first upsell. Yeah, 100%. No, if you have an upsell, in my opinion, you should always have a downsell, right? Because mm -hmm. most people are going to say no to your upsell. So you just can offer them something else. So. Yeah. We just said 30% is really good. That's 70% <laughs> exactly. going to take yeah. no. So if they say no, and then you could get you know 20% of those people to eventually say yes, that, that's a pretty big increase in your overall um, AOV. So downsells could be huge, really, really beneficial, but you have to do them the right way. Um, and make them exist. Yeah. In your opinion, I know we should wrap this up soon, but in yeah. your opinion, should there is there too many upsell steps? There can be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think uh, it's important to know what, you can have a lot of upsell steps and actually increase your AOV mm -hmm. because you're just throwing a lot of stuff out there, but it tends to hurt your quality and your LTV in the long run because yeah. people get so exhausted. And one, one thing you have to track is your abandoned rates. How many people never even see the thank you page? How many people ever even get to the end of the upsell flow? Does, yeah, does it hurt your product deliverability? It yeah. Does it erode trust in the initial product that they bought? We yeah. we had an offer and I had, I think it was 12 clicks to fully get through the upsell flow. Um, and they did a bunch of different things with multi-option mm -hmm. upsell and, the, and it wasn't good. It created such a bad customer experience. Their AOV was was high. It was it was a great AOV, but their quality rates were atrocious um, because people just lost so much trust in that. I can't imagine what the abandonment rates were. Um, oh yeah, we we don't unfortunately don't have access to that information, but they're probably really really bad. So yeah. um, I, I think anywhere between three to five is a really healthy place to be. Um, I think you have to be careful with even how many down sells you do. I think. Some people are uncomfortable with, like I mentioned Jordan's, he does it three times. I would never do more than three times. And if you watch the way he does it, it's a very soft down sell. Sure. So yeah. don't be too hard, don't be too aggressive. I think your check that you talked about before with your quality checks, mm -hmm. have a real person go through it. If they start to feel uncomfortable and they don't wanna do it anymore, you've gone too far, <laughs> um, you know, too often. So you wanna have a balance there. But I think anywhere between three to five is a really healthy place to be. Um, and I definitely would not down sell somebody more than three times. Um, if, if I was doing it. So what about you? you have any thoughts on that on amount? No, I, I agree. Yeah, I think I, I figured we'd have very similar opinions on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is too much. Yeah, there there's 100%. Too no, I think you see the aggressive marketers go way too hard with it. And then I've seen funnels where it's just like every product they've conceivably built in the last, you know, three years are just thrown into the upsell funnel just to, and downsell funnel just to like keep people going who are saying yes. Yeah. It's and like, and yeah. A, good, a good thing to remember is your third upsell might get 1% take rate. Yeah. So think about that, right? So if you're going to four and five, it's not going to get much better. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not necessarily a huge increase to your business for what the decrease in terms of customer experience can be. Now, I'll, I'll say this too, looking at quality rates, I'd highly recommend people they can get stuck looking like, oh, my refund rates are great this month, but they're comparing this month's refunds versus this month's sales. What I'd really recommend people do is look at their 
like of the sales that happened in this time period, let's say it's a month ago or two months ago, how many of these have refunded and what's the data on it? Which products were they? Which upsell steps were they? Right. Where, what days did they refund on all this? Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of turning to a plug for our ClickBank analytics because all this is kind of shown in your analytics dashboard um, for different subscription tick rates for different upsell or refund age and chargeback age things. But like where and why are refunds and chargebacks happening? Yeah. And I'll bet if you've got a lot of upsells right now or some aggressive upsells or downsells right now, I bet your upsells are contributing a healthy or unhealthy amount. I should say to your refund rates yeah. or your chargeback rates specifically, which is more important. And I'd argue this, if your chargeback, if your upsells are hurting more than they're helping with your chargebacks, it's probably worth taking a little bit of a hit on take rate um, just to bring that down a bit and get into a healthier run rate. Cause like you said, if sales drop, that's going to turn into a huge problem. If your ch now chargeback rates and refund rates are spiking in the following months. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know that that might be actually, in fact, you know, put a comment in inside. You know, comment on the the podcast, wherever. Email us. I don't care. Just reach out if you'd want us to do this. We might need to someday just go into a quality analysis. Yeah, a quality analysis. Yeah. How do you go through and evaluate? Like my rates are bad. What <laughs> do I do now? Because a lot of people get in that situation. It's hard. It's really hard to figure out those leaky parts of the funnel, but upsells definitely could be a big place for that, um, especially if you're getting too aggressive. So all that being said, guys, like upsells are hugely important. There's definitely some great tactics that you could use to be very effective there and good upsell flows can make or break an offer. And don't think about it as like, oh, well, you have to have 30% or something like that. Sometimes a 5% increase or like a, a $5 or even a $1 increase in your AOV could be the difference between you making or breaking of scale on a cold traffic source. Yeah. That's huge, right? That that could change your business. It's not, oh, I have a couple more dollars on CPA that I could offer. Well, that could be the difference between, you know, a couple more sales and a thousand more sales. No, people don't realize how impactful it is, right? Yeah. Going from seventeen dollar you know, front end to a twenty seven dollar AOV or something is a massive increase mm -hmm. in your average order value. It just gives you so much more money to spend on average yeah. to acquire the customer. Yeah. The amount of traffic that gets unlocked for you in that is is substantial. Yeah. So so really focus on it. And again, please rate, review, subscribe, and comment specifically too if you'd like us to do a risk analysis episode. I'd say um, even better if you're willing to let us do a risk analysis on your business. And we can show data even better. Yeah. But like we can do, give you some plugs to, right? We'll try to make it worth your time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to submit um, funnels. <laughs> so it, that'd be great. Yeah. And I could tell you, I, I I actually really love doing quality analysis yeah. on stuff. It's it's it's, it's not always the most fun problem, conversation, yeah. but yeah, it's <laughs> it's it, it's really um, it's a great thing to do your business and do on your funnel um, for sustainability yeah. is the big part there. So, um, but again, guys, really thank you for your time, Thomas. Always good to talk to you again as we get in these <laughs> sessions. Um, and until next time, uh, be sure to listen to old content, um, engage with us, and we would like to hopefully hear some funnels come our way or see some funnels come our way. Um, and yeah, until next time, have a good one.